2: Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to the Matchday edition of Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul. I'm joined by Matt, Andy and James to discuss our home fixture with Pontus Janssen's Brentford. Are we really calling it Pontus Janssen's Brentford? I think that's better than Frank Lampard's Derby County, isn't it? I thought he'd set a precedent. Pontus Janssen's played for a big club. PJ's BFC. So we're having this discussion on uh, 24 hours prior to the game um, and the game is going to be held at Elland Road, 7.45 kickoff. Our record head-to-head versus Brentford is pretty close. We've won 13, drawn 13 and lost 12. So let's hope we're not going to even that up tomorrow night. Uh, last time out, we lost 2-0, which was the other half of that monster Easter weekender. And last time at home, it was actually Anson who rescued a late point for us after Brentford scored a controversial opener from the penalty spot.
1: Controversial? It cheated.
2: It was massive cheat. It was massive cheat. It's a
1: horrible dive. Tom Daly would have
0: been proud. Is that the one that Victor Orta's kicking off in the tunnel about on the documentary?
2: That's the exact yes. one. That's the exact one, yeah. And that's the thing with football, where we're all still disgusted with it. Yeah, you've got pictures of Jansen who uh, got banned for swearing on the telly afterwards, hugging Ollie Watkins on his first day of pre-season in some training camp in Austria. Uh, it's as if it's just a job to them. So, what's everyone's plans for the game tomorrow? I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it from the uh,
0: from the Revy stand for a change. That
2: sounds like that sounds like fun. I'll come sit with you. Do
0: you know what? I might stand next to you. That'd be nice Really? Yeah As long as you're not drunk He won't be drunk He's driving Good Well then Perfect It's my perfect home game If Andy's driving
1: Thanks I think
2: James You going?
3: I'm going tomorrow Yep yeah. Looking forward to it North East Lower corner
2: So did anyone uh, Catch the presser today? Bielsa's comments
1: I saw that we have got Half the squad out injured Basically our uh, Three of our Back four potentially Oh no what, two left-backs injured and a centre-half injured? Is that right? We can't do Alioski as a left-back still.
0: I have totally missed this. What's
1: going on? So Alioski could Alioski could be injured. Cooper could be injured. And um, Douglas, Barry Douglas, could be injured. For goodness sake.
3: The question I ask is, what what have they been doing since Saturday? Well, Alioski's
2: been playing an under-23s game.
3: On the point of, uh, of Alioski, that's fair enough. But what's Cooper been doing?
1: Good question.
3: Must have picked up
1: a niggle on Saturday, the other two. Unless it's all mind tricks by Mr Bielsa, he does like to throw a curveball in, doesn't he?
0: He doesn't lie, though, does he?
1: Well, he's not said they're out injured, he says they're not 100%, which is probably true.
2: So if they're all out... He also said that he wouldn't play them if they weren't 100%. He also said that uh, on Pontus return that he deserves to be received in the right way. He was the best player of the team last year. He had a high-level season, and I appreciate what he gave. I think the fans will be fair and recognise what he did.
1: We've seen Brentford have written a chant about him, which pretty much rips off our chant.
2: I have. Yeah, Please, do, do you want to sing it?
1: I would rather
2: not. It involves them using a rather slanderous uh, term about Mr Bielsa, doesn't it?
1: I will not blaspheme about the Lord and Saviour, Marcelo.
2: I don't want to get to the end of this
0: season though and watching Brentford fans singing Pontus Janssen's Magic all night because they got promoted. That is exactly the sort of thing that would happen to us. Three seasons of us singing it and we don't get promoted. They have in one season and uh, they sing this song
1: all night. Leads that.
2: It would be, wouldn't it? I think uh, Bielsa's comment was about as close as a snarky comment as you you, you might get in saying that they, Brentford have sold a lot of big players and bought a lot of big players so it'll be interesting to see how their new team kind of balances up And how do we think
0: uh, Pontus is going to be received by the Elland Road crowd?
3: I think it'll be mixed for sure um, it, what tends to happen is you get that mixed response no one really knows what to say or do and then all of a sudden majority rules and then everyone's cheering him on.
1: I reckon that they'll, uh, they'll all go wild for him um, but I, From watching that documentary, I thought he came across as a bit of a div, especially towards the end. He, uh, was, he wasn't was side before self. He was just all about the uh, fantasy Janssen show. Now, I, I, I respect him and love him for what he did for us, but I'm one of these that once they're gone, they're gone. See you later. Not for me.
2: The Brentford fans on their forums are uh, bigging up the Janssen effect and hoping that that's going to have a big impact. Um, and Warren B., on griffinpark.org said he thinks it's going to be Smashing Grab 1-0. Uh, Leeds fans go nuts. <laughs> Where's he from? Uh, somewhere. I like we've added accents to our uh, toolkit. Well, let's, let's
1: continue. What else is... What's it called? Warren B? Warren B is on like,
2: griffinpark.org said it's going
0: is to... Is he
1: like a bad Warren G? Is he going to regulate this? I, I think so. I've no
2: idea who Warren G is. You've not lived. Uh, it's going to be Smashing Grab one, nil one Leeds fans go nuts and in an act of defiance try and reopen old closed coal mines and start wearing donkey jackets. Hilarious.
1: I bet his mum's right proud of him.
2: He spelt it all correctly.
0: I'll tell you what though, this makes a change. They're normally scared to play us and he, they're, they're quite confident down there.
2: Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I think I think recent times have, have led them to uh, be reet up for it.
3: Maybe it's a symptom of having Pontus Janssen and feeling overconfident with your team. So the uh,
2: referee for tomorrow's game is Andy Davies. He refed our 1-0 defeat to QPR in the league, but also our win at Derby, win at Wigan, and draw against Swansea last season. Let's do predictions. Andy, what do you predict?
1: I predict a 2-0 victory for Leeds United.
3: Mic drop. James? I'm going to go 1-0 Leeds. Ben Whiteheader, that's what we want. That would be rubbing salt in the proverbial Pontus Janssen Buggery of a wound.
2: So I'm going to go for 2-0 Leeds. Standard Wednesday night performance. And Matt?
0: I'm afraid I'm going to break the trend. I'm going with a 2-2. Our first Desmond of the season.
1: Any reason why? Um, I don't,
0: I, I don't like us at home at the moment. I think we're too nervy. We haven't won uh, that Derby game. We haven't won since before that Derby game. Uh, We didn't beat Villa, we didn't beat Wigan, so we're on a run at home where we struggle and the the crowd get nervous so easily. Uh, I think Brentford will be well up for it and we seem to struggle against them as an opponent as well. So I think I'm more confident away from home at the moment for various reasons.
2: I thought you were being facetious then but realised that when you started reeling off that highlight reel that it was deeply true.
1: Anyone know anyone who wants a ticket? I don't fancy going anymore.
2: <laughs> I think I think on the plus
0: side, I I, I might be wrong because I'm just talking off the top of my head, but I think it might be our biggest home attendance on an evening on a weeknight, night um, for a long time, probably outside the playoffs, I guess.
1: And we started selling tickets in the away end for home fans.
0: Yeah, which is a good move by the club. It, they've they've probably spent a bit of money on that, so that's, they they deserve some credit.
2: Yeah, they've developed the infrastructure in the West Stand lower so that they can have access to home and away fans.
3: What does that actually mean? Cages? Well, no,
0: if you think about it, it's a shared concourse if you've ever sat in that part of the West Stand. So basically, if you ever wanted to share that stand, both sets of fans would have to go through the same turnstiles. So they've just basically changed the layout of it so that they go through separate entrances for the upper
3: and lower tier. That makes sense. Um, I guess it's more the fact that they are very close in proximity in the actual stand. Yeah,
0: that it, that does sound like you could get a flare on your head if you've bought a ticket in there, doesn't
3: it? Yeah, that's why I was thinking cages and nets. A bit yeah. like little, I don't know, or like a
1: beehive. That would be more apt for them, wouldn't it? Go well then, Paul, let's get on with those, uh, those words. That's what you like to do, innit?
2: Okay, so you start us off. What's, what's your word, Andy, for tomorrow?
1: Well, I uh, I was feeling confident, but then I... Was- Heard what Matt had to say. Now I'm feeling like I need to be a watcher or something. I'm a bit a bit worried about going to the game now. Sorry. So uh, my word would be cautiously optimistic.
2: So good.
3: James, how are you feeling? How do you think I'm feeling, Paul? Nervous. Correct, I'm very nervous. I think I, think I was probably going to say optimistic, but I think Matt has killed it for me. He's kind of... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he, he's made, he's made me realize all the worries again. I'm not sure I want to go either. Do you want a ticket? I'm, re- I'm really sorry. No, I think um, I, I'm nervous because for all the reasons you mentioned. Uh, in particular, I think you're right, Matt, about the crowd. It just in one moment, it just is killed flat dead at the moment. It was just it was so unnerving in the um, in the Forest game the other week that yeah, it was. There's just a I think it was Eddie Gray who said a while ago, on, um, as part of his commentary, just saying that the worst thing that can happen at Ellen Road is them just going quiet because it just creates a nervous atmosphere amongst everyone, and I think he was dead right when he said that, to be honest.
2: Well, I'm going to go with optimistic because I thoroughly enjoyed the performance on Saturday, and I'd like to think rather than the home form, we can just bring our most recent game form into the, uh, into the match. And Matt...
0: I'm going to try and rescue it I'm going to go with hopeful because even though my prediction is that based on form and our record against Brentford i have gone for a, a draw I'm hopeful that we're good enough to beat them tomorrow night so I hope to be proved wrong.
2: Right great well let's find out after the game whether or not we were uh, right or wrong.
3: Right, we're all back at our separate houses after a fabulous victory against Brentford at home. How is everyone feeling? Andy, how are you feeling?
1: Do you know what, James? Uh, I was channelling my inner you. I was feeling quite nervous during the first half, um, and rightly so as well. And in the second half, we were just brilliant. We were... uh, Everything that I want from a Leeds United team. And I was mainly absolutely baffled by Helder Costa's turn of pace. It was absolutely ridiculous. He just turned from second gear and just disappeared and set Eddie up. And it was beautiful. So, yeah, uh, happy. Yeah.
2: And how close were our predictions today? Matt, what, what about yours? Well, I was absolutely delighted to be proved wrong. There's a lot of, uh, you sort of set a pessimistic tone going into that one.
0: I did, but I think I was right. I think that what I, what I said turned out to be what happened. It's just that we managed to get the win as well. I thought we were quite nervy, as Andy said, first half in particular. And I think that um, the crowd were very subdued, were getting on people's backs a little bit. So it, it took a couple of players who weren't here at the end of last season to to get the win. How are you feeling, Paul?
2: I'm absolutely thrilled. I thought it was a a great performance. And the thing that stuck out for me was even though the crowd were nervy and Matt said at one point to me that it was a typical 66-minute nil-nil nervy crowd, that that I don't think that transmitted from the players. The players persisted. In fact, actually, the only one who I thought passes started getting a little bit looser was Calvin. And uh, he, he looked to be going for that killer ball a little bit with a bit more urgency. But we made the subs at the right time, and it made all the difference. I think you were very happy to have a happy ending, weren't you, Paul? All's well that ends well.
3: I thought I thought Stuart Stuart Dallas was uh, fantastic this evening. I think his link-up play down the right-hand side is is he, well. He just looks a step above where he was last year. Um, I you mean, hope hopefully he's not blighted by the same sort of injuries that he's been having. But he he, he just looks phenomenal.
2: He was very unlucky to
3: get booked. Was it handball? I couldn't really see it from north-east lower.
2: It was definite handball, whether it
1: was, well,
2: the referee deemed it not to be deliberate, didn't he? So I'll
1: tell you what I thought was brilliant today, besides from my man Ben White, was uh, Patrick Bamford. I thought his hold-up play was outstanding today. Um, I think Paul said it best during the game. He went, Patrick Bamford's worked very hard for Ian Kettier's goal there. So is that who you're going to go with for your man of the match, Andy? I am going to hit up uh, Patrick Bamford, but am I right in thinking we got a prediction correct tonight, James?
3: Yep, I said 1-0. I'm delighted with that. I'll be the only one that I get right this season, so I'm going to frame it somehow.
2: You got it bang on, didn't you? Nervy 1-0. Yeah,
3: nervy 1-0. I think it was that. Um, I think uh, you're right. We made the subs at the right point. It was... You could tell we'd sort of worn Brentford down, but we just needed that blast of pace. Hell, the Costa running at them. He's got to be playing more, I think. I think we just need someone to just tear into them a bit. Jack Harrison's good, but he then just sort of stops at the 18-yard box. But Costa seems to take us that little bit further.
0: I agree with you, Andy, that I thought Bamford had a good game. I don't know if any of you were listening to the Radio leads phoning after the match, but a guy rang in to uh, have a go at people in the East End who were uh, slagging off Bamford. He said, "Oh, it's not on. What? What good can it possibly do to get on the get on your own players' backs?" You know, I think these people in the stands should shut up. And then thirty seconds later, he said, Berardi's a disaster waiting to happen."
1: <laughs> then he went, "Bloody idiots!" <laughs> so who was uh, who was your man of the match?
0: I'm really struggling. It's between Calvin Phillips, Ben White, and Eddie and for varying reasons. Um, but I think, I think I'm think going to go with Ben White. I think he was our most consistent player over the 90 minutes. James, who are you going with?
3: Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because I think we come to expect already Ben White to have an immaculate performance. <laughs> and you and I think I've sort of forgotten how good he was until you said it then. Um, but I think Stuart Dallas was just really good down the right-hand side. It gave us um, a lot of hope going forward, which was great to see.
1: Are you ready for a bold Andy prediction?
3: Yes. No. Go on.
1: Calvin Phillips is going to be named in the England squad before the end of the season. You heard it here first.
3: That's a bold prediction,
2: and it also very nicely ties into Calvin Phillips being my man of the match. He's definitely
0: one of those players. I think we've talked about it a bit in the first half, about how you don't don't think about how good he is just because he is consistently good.
2: Quick mention for the uh, opposite of that, that I think I cursed Pablo in the first half. Yeah, Pablo was a bit off the uh, off his game, wasn't he? The,
0: you uh,
1: broke him, you tit.
0: Plenty
2: of passes astray, that's for sure. I said that Pablo seemed to have a passing accuracy of about 0%. Tell us what you said. Well, I think he was trying
0: more difficult passes than most other players on the pitch in the first half. He obviously feels a lot of responsibility to make things happen for us, um, so he was... Taking that seriously, he was being a bit more ambitious with his passing. Um, but to be fair, even some of the more simple passes were not hitting the man. And you, you will have games like that, I guess. Pablo is fantastic, so he'll be back at it on Saturday.
3: I had a look at his passing stats after the first half, and it was ridiculously high, complete passes. It was still like 80-odd percent, I think. And I think like really? Yeah, and I think like you said, Matt, it's just because he was trying to hit those uh, difficult passes that um, weren't coming off, but everything else was fine so you know everyone has off days he rarely has them you can forgive him for it
1: I'm gonna say I think we're a bit spoiled and uh Paul's getting a bit carried away there I'm just I'm just looking at um some stats for uh Adam
0: Forshaw, who's a player we haven't mentioned but is having a very good season so far in his in his new slightly more advanced draw. for sure for sure yeah 95% pass accuracy 52 out of 55 successful passes. I also think it's quite interesting that Arsenal uh, have tweeted about Eddie's goal tonight. Uh, do, we don't do that, do we? If a player's out on loan at another club and scores a goal, we don't tweet about it.
2: No, I don't think we do. I saw they did that last week as well.
0: Obviously, Ian Wright was in the in the crowd.
2: So yeah, big Leeds fan.
0: Posted a bit of a... You know, he is a secret Leeds fan, Ian, right? He's always got good things to say about us and there's a video of him chanting Eddie, Eddie in the West Stand. So. I haven't seen that yet. I'm really happy. Tonight's my favourite game of the season so far because as much as it's nice to win 3-1 away from home or 2-0 away from home, 1-0 at home is one of the best results you can have, especially if the goal comes, you know, 80 minutes plus. 'Cause it's just a such a relief and
1: such a release when it goes in. And let's talk about the biggest cheer of the game that happened when end of the game, Eddie and Katie are chasing down Jansen to corner, plays it off him for a corner, and it's just beautiful hearing the crowd go crazy and Pontus look like his world's gonna cave in. Yeah, what did we what did we think to
0: Pontus's reception?
1: I thought he proved that he's uh, an arrogant man after his own thing, innit? I think he had a chance at the end of the game
2: to receive his send-off and have that final connection with the fans. Even a, like just an applaud, it didn't need to be anything more, but he chose to walk off.
3: Yeah, I don't really feel anything. It's just like it is what it is. He's gone. And like you say, he was pretty apathetic with the Leeds fans, so whatever. See you later. All the best.
0: And that was our first home win since April, since the Jack Harrison goal in the one nil against Sheffield Wednesday. So,
1: hang on, there's a big gap between there. You can't be bowling <laughs> out things like that. It was like three months we didn't play a game, yeah, you plunker. I, as I said, as I said before the
0: game, it, I, I really do think it was a psychological barrier that we needed to win at home after that Derby game. So I think that getting the win tonight is more important than it than it looks at first glance.
2: And importantly, that has us two points better off than we were in the corresponding fixtures. Last season, having matched the others and uh, picked up an important victory in a game that we just didn't get over the line in last year. Final words to summarise your feelings after the game, James.
3: Proud. I'm proud we we dug in for that. I thought Brentford just made it difficult, didn't they? They First half, we were poor, but they were just very rigid and I'm proud that we stuck to our game plan and proud that we changed it to two strikers up top when we needed it and we blasted them with a lot of pace and skill with Costa. I think it's good. Matt, what are you saying?
0: Uh, my word is delighted. I am delighted that we uh, got the three points tonight. I'm delighted that we're still top of the league, uh, and I can't wait for Saturday now. Andy,
1: my word would be delighted. It was nice we're back at It Road. Nice to get the win. Um, nice to see Ponta sleeve looking miserable. Yeah, win-win.
2: And my word is perseverance because I think we uh, we. Got the victories by sticking to what we do and they didn't give up. They knew that if the, they kept going, the chance had come and uh, we took it when it arrived. Right, well, it's been a long night, but
0: a very satisfying night after a 1-0 victory. Games are coming thick and fast, so, so are our match day podcasts. We'll be back with another one after the Stoke game on Saturday. Um, but we've got a main podcast, Episode 4, Up and Running, which you can go back to and have a listen. That's our August podcast. There's lots of games, features and excitement if you want to go back and have a listen to that one. Um, we've got our prize draw. Um, the first prize went into that this month and we'll be drawing that around Christmas. You can go to leavesthat.com to find that out and that's it all for now. We'll be back on Saturday.